Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Tuesday, the 7th of September. Investigations are continuing this morning into what happened to a toddler who was missing in New South Wales bushland for four days before finally being found yesterday morning. Three-year-old AJ Elfalak disappeared from his family's rural property in Putty in the Hunter region on Friday. There were grave fears for the little boy, who is autistic and non-verbal, before a police helicopter spotted AJ just before 12pm yesterday afternoon drinking water from a creek around 500 metres from home. AJ's mum and dad overjoyed their son was found alive. AJ! AJ! AJ, look at him, mummy! He's just, he just clinging to mum. He's clinging. As soon as he heard his mum's name, he opened his eyes, looked at her and fell asleep. AJ is now recovering in hospital with his mum by his side. Meantime, there are crucial new developments this morning in the disappearance of William Tyrrell. News Corp is reporting police are narrowing in on a new person of interest with investigations uncovering fresh evidence. Police saying they are confident they will solve the mystery. Police, who was three at the time, disappeared from his foster grandmother's home in Kendall on the New South Wales mid-north coast in 2014. To the latest COVID news, and official modelling from New South Wales has been released with the state government saying it shows cases are expected to peak in around a week and could reach up to 2,000 new infections a day while hospitalisations are set to surge in October. New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian is confident the state's hospitals have the capacity for the surge with 1,550 ICU beds available if needed. And according to the modelling that I've received, uh, we're likely to reach a peak in cases in the next week or so. Uh, That's what the modelling tells us and therefore a likely peak in intensive care beds required uh, around um, early to mid-October. Meantime, there are reports pubs, restaurants, hairdressers and sporting events could reopen to fully vaccinated residents in New South Wales as early as next month. But there are concerns hotspot LGAs won't have those opportunities, with the businesses only allowed to resume trade in suburbs with high vaccination rates and low case numbers. Here is New South Wales opposition leader Chris Minns. You can't have a plan where one third of Sydney's under curfew, but you can go out and get a rosé in the north, northern beaches and the North Shore. Meantime, Victoria is closer to reaching its 70% vaccination target with more than 60% over the age of 16 now with one dose. Yesterday, the state detected 246 new COVID cases with 87% of those new infections under the age of 50. Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground. To New South Wales first and the wife of a surfer killed in a shark attack on the New South Wales mid-north coast has spoken of her extraordinary grief. Surfer Tim Thompson died after being attacked by a great white on Sunday. The local community has rallied around his wife Katie who is pregnant with their child, already raising almost $100,000. Our reporter Romy Stevens has more on this tragic story. 
Tash, it really is heartbreaking. The couple had only been married a few months and were expecting their first child in January. Katie has made an emotional tribute to her husband on social media, promising to tell their baby every day how amazing their daddy was, while revealing how he kissed her tummy goodbye the last time he walked out the door. Friends say the 31-year-old lived for the ocean, remembering Tim as the most kind, generous, lovable man. Meantime, beaches have reopened in the area following the attack. And to Victoria, and the state could soon have a new opposition leader with Michael O'Brien being challenged for the top job for the second time this year. James Lake in Melbourne says a familiar face wants his old job back. That familiar face is Matthew Guytash and the Liberals hope he can be the man to topple Dan Andrews as Premier at next year's state election. Dan has been in power now since December 2014 and he beat Matthew Guy convincingly at the last state election in 2018. Guy stepped down from the top job then, but in his place, Michael O'Brien has failed to resonate with voters. He's been heavily criticised lately, mainly for not holding the Andrews government to account for its handling of the pandemic. The Liberal Party meets to vote on its leadership this morning. Now for the latest in business and finance news, we're joined this morning by Effie Zahos, editor-at-large at Canstar. Effie, good morning. We know interest rates are at record lows with the cash rate expected to remain at 0.1%, but we have to be careful of what they call lazy tax. Yeah, that's right, Tash. Um, so we do know the cash rate is probably going to stay put. There is actually high uncertainty over whether the bank will pause its announcement plan to reduce the weekly bond purchase from this month. So that's what we'll probably be looking today at. Now, that research you spoke about came from an online mortgage broker platform known as True Savings. And it shows that despite the cash rate being so low, lazy tax is costing homeowners $3.6 billion a year. Now, lazy tax is essentially the penalty for not shopping around or not negotiating or not upgrading to the best deals. Now, unfortunately, there is a big difference between what interest rates are offered to new customers versus what existing customers are paying. And it all comes down to the cost of funding, which the cash rate has got nothing to do with it. And I'll explain it. It's kind of like buying a TV, Tash. So let's say you go to Harvey Norman, you buy a TV, they import that TV for, say, $1,000 and they sell it to you for $1,500. Now, in six months' time, they can buy that same TV for, say, $800 and they sell it to someone else for 1000 It's a little bit more technical than that with home loans, but it's, it, it's the same gist. It's the same concept here. And the tip is to make sure you're not paying this lazy tax And according to Canstar, the cheapest variable rate is currently sitting at 1.77%. So the question is, what are you paying? The three-year fixed rate, the cheapest, is at 1.85%. Now, if your lender won't offer you a better deal, there are no savings by staying loyal. Some great tips as always, Effie. Also this morning, some important news from Victoria about financial support for people that are doing it tough, especially in trying to pay rent. Yeah, this is good news because it was left really between the landlords and tenants to nut it out. And that was proving to be very difficult. So the government has just announced a new one-off payment of 1500 for renters who are struggling to pay their rent. It is similar task to the New South Wales residentially support payment in that it's paid directly to the landlord in exchange for them reducing the rent payable by their tenants. Now, to be eligible here in Victoria, renters have got to show that they've lost income as a result of the pandemic on or after the 27th of May. They've got to have less than 2000 in savings. 
that excludes super, and they've got to earn less than 62860 a year if they're single or 94300 per year if they're a couple. And they're going to be paying more than 30% of their income in rent. Now, as I said, New South Wales also has something similar. It's probably not as restrictive. And the good news is it's now sitting at 4500 per tenancy agreement. It actually jumped up from 3000 and prior to that, it was 1500 uh, A little tip here that if you are a residential landlord in New South Wales and you want to apply for that support, you can't also get the land tax relief. It's one or the other. It's worth jumping onto your state site just to get the finer details on this. Effie, thanks so much for the update. Thanks, Dash. Time for Sport Now with Brett Thomas. And Brett, the AFL is set to lock in a start time for the grand final in Perth. Yes, good morning, Tash. Looks like we'll have a night grand final for the second year in a row. Although, if you are in Perth, that will be a twilight start time between 5 and 5.30. So, back in Victoria, that'll be between 7 and 7.30. The Gabba last night, we had a night grand final. This one, starting in the twilight hours in Perth, the AFL expected to lock that in and make an announcement soon. Now, just on some finals news, Bulldogs captain Marcus Bontempelli is in a race against time to be fit for Saturday night's prelim final against the Power. Uh, He had scans yesterday on a knee injury. It has cleared him of any major damage, but he will still have to wear compression bandages and and just hope that swelling goes down. Here's his uh, teammate, uh, Taylor Duray, if the Bont does miss this weekend. You never want to lose or be without your star players and and your captain, that's for sure. But um, I don't think if we were without Bont this weekend that we would feel we aren't up to the challenge or that our midfield can't get the job done. Cody Waitman has been officially ruled out with concussion, a blow for the Cats as well, with Brandon Parfitt ruled out for the rest of their finals campaign. He is set for hamstring surgery. At the Lions, Lockie Neal's future at Brisbane that remains in limbo, but he's not officially requested a trade to Fremantle just yet. He is weighing up a move back to WA, and our chief footy reporter, Damien Barrett, says it took the Lions by surprise. What I do know to this point is that it, it had the uh, the Lions scurrying. They, they, they had no line of sight on this. The, the meetings that took place within minutes of that report going to air were, were quite dramatic. We'll watch this space with the Brownlow medalist. Yeah, absolutely. Breton, a review into West's Tigers' failed season continues with coach Michael Maguire under pressure to keep his job. Yes, and the Tigers chairman, Lee Hadjabatelis, admits a lot of tough decisions need to be made to turn their fortunes around. He is under a lot of pressure after that season-ending thrashing from the bottom-place Bulldogs. Hadjabatelis can't say whether the coach will survive an ongoing review. I just can't speculate publicly, unfortunately. It would be inappropriate and unfair to Michael and to others who are involved uh, at the moment. Now, in some finals news, James Tedesco says winning a premiership would be even sweeter given all the adversity the Roosters have faced. The skipper says it would stand at the top of of their list of achievements. Being able to captain this team to a grand final win, I don't think I don't think I could I'd be able to top that. It'd, it'd be it'd be really special. And yeah, 18 and 9 were really special. But to be able to go all the way with, with what we've had to overcome this year, it would be unbelievable. The Roosters face the Titans in a knockout final. That's on Saturday in Townsville. And ground staff there in Townsville say there are no issues with the surface. Did look a little bit chopped up over the weekend, though, Tash. Big day again in sport, Brett. Thank you. Thanks, Tash. 
And a six-year-old Perth girl has been hailed a hero after helping to save her mum's life. Emily Smallwood called triple zero after her mum, Cara, suffered a diabetic episode. Emily gave the operator details of her mother's symptoms and their address before letting paramedics inside their door about 12 minutes later. Emily's mum has now made a full recovery. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the new listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day. Stay safe and we look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Listener.